Well, hello to our super awesome supporters through Patreon. This is Meg, and I wanted to let you know what you're about to hear is some bonus footage from episode 104 of Sorta Awesome. You may recall this is the episode where Rebecca and I talked about our life-changing discoveries, and we saved two of those discoveries to share just with you, our Sorta Awesome supporters. Now, I wanted to let you know that we're going to be discussing our monthly cycles, as well as some family planning decisions. So, I wanted to give you a heads up so you can make sure that you're listening at a time and place where it's most appropriate for you to have that conversation going on either in your earbuds or in the background. So thank you so much as always for your support of Sorta Awesome and happy listening. Hey everyone, welcome to another Patreon exclusive episode. These are the episodes that we put together just for our Patreon supporters to tell you thank you so much for your time, your support of Sorta Awesome every month. We appreciate it so much, and so we want to save some of our best stuff for you. So in episode 104 of Sorta Awesome, on the regular show, Rebecca and I took some time to talk about some life-changing discoveries in our lives, but we saved two items off of those lists to talk with you about privately, those of you who are patrons of the show. And so, Rebecca, I'm going to let you share one more thing that has been a life-changing discovery for you. Well, Megan, I owe this life-changing discovery to you. Oh, I wow. learned... <laughs> I learned about taking a monthly Sabbath on the day that my period starts all from you. You wrote a blog post back in July of 2014 called Secret Sabbath, an invitation to once a month rest. And I think about that blog post so many times. Wow. So you learned this practice from a friend of yours. Her name is Patty. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is what you said in the blog post about Patty. You said, her days were full, not only with mothering, but also professional and creative pursuits. Her life brimmed with activity. But as I recall, this one day she would cancel as much as her schedule would allow and stay in her pajamas if she possibly could. And I remember her being completely unapologetic about it too. This is my day off, a flag she planted in the map of each month. Megan, I love that. I love it so very much. So basically the idea is just to simplify your life as much you can on that first day of your period and allow your body and your mind and your emotions and all the hormones of everything to just lean into it and take a rest, right? Are you still practicing this act of monthly Sabbath? I do as much as possible. The schedule part is really hard. I feel like it's harder now than it's ever been. And honestly, I know that's not going to get any easier. But I at least do try, like like I wrote in that blog post, as much as I can, I cancel. I don't always get to stay in my pajamas, unfortunately. But I do try <laughs> to just like turn the volume way down on life so that I can just be a little more chill and really comfort and take care of myself. It's really a great monthly reminder for self-care even if you're not practicing it in other ways like one day a month really be gentle with yourself really be indulgent with yourself because the things that we have to go through as women on a monthly basis we deserve a little extra care I think 
Well, amen. I mean, I have had so many conversations with my girlfriends where we're talking and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm in such a bad mood. I'm like snipping at the kids. I'm barking at my husband. And then, oh, guess what? My period started the next day. Yes. (laughs) Um, No wonder I was such a pain. And that's not to like put that stereotype of, oh, women on their period. They're all just like, right, you know. That word I'm trying not to say. <laughs> they're all, they're so they're just mean witches. You know, I mean it's not just that, but it's like okay, there actually is something physical happening in your body, and it's not an excuse to be a jerk to everybody in your family, but it's also not a reason to be a jerk like to yourself. Like I, that's that's what I love about this idea of having a monthly Sabbath as much as you can. Is it really is a way to say, like you said. Yes, our bodies are doing things, and as women, we have a hard role in life. It is hard to have this reproductive cycle that we go through every month. Let's just let's just be gentle. So here are some of the ways, practically, that I choose to carry this out. Um, I take full relaxation during nap time and quiet time. You know, normally, I try to balance it a little bit. I have discovered that I am a better mom, and I'm in a better mood when I do take time for myself while my children are having quiet time but especially on the first day of my period I mean that's it like there's no like trying to conquer laundry that day during nap time it is just me laying on the couch indulging in some dumb tv show or reading a book taking a nap it's full relaxation that's also a day when I try to do something uh, on the simpler side for supper that could be takeout it could just be spaghetti It's not Mm -hmm. a day that I'm choosing to dirty five dishes in order to get supper on the table. Mm -hmm. And also it's the idea of putting off anything that can wait. So like I said, full relaxation during nap time, I'm not doing laundry. It's not going to be laundry day for me on the day that my period starts unless I actually have to do a load of somebody's underwear or something, you know, like anything. I'm I'm not choosing to conquer cleaning, scrubbing the tub that day, which is a task that I loathe and always put off. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're choosing to just take it down a notch. Right. Right. And of course this is not practical for every woman and for every stage of life. You know, if you have a full-time job, well, you're not going to call in sick once a month. (laughs) usually right I mean unless you got like really bad cramp issues going on you know that's something different but it's just the idea of taking it down a notch and maybe indulging in something that that just makes you feel happier because you know nobody feels happy about bleeding from their vagina so let's let's just embrace it a little bit and I want to really stress here for for women who are trying to conceive or who are battling fertility issues. Be especially gentle with yourself on these days because I have been there where I am trying to get pregnant and hoping and hoping and you're in that two-week window of waiting and you're like Mm -hmm. analyzing every little single symptom that your body is throwing out at you and then boom, you get your period and it can be devastating. And so for those women who are experiencing devastation month after month, you are the least physically capable and emotionally capable to deal with such devastating news on that day. So mm. really try to lean into it as best you can. Be gentle on yourself. Those days are hard. It's not fun to have your period, and it can truly be something gut-wrenching for those who are trying to build their family and hoping for more. 
So whatever you can, maybe it's just a piece of dark chocolate on the way to work <laughs> or right? on your lunch yes. break. You know, it's, you know, taking a walk around the block just to get some fresh air and have some time to yourself. Whatever it can be, um, just just be kind to yourself because it's, it's yes. a big deal being a woman. It's a big deal. It is. It is. I agree with all of that. And yes, sometimes life is just such that it really is like piece of dark chocolate maybe you indulge and go through starbucks and get your favorite drink that you never splurge on just something to take care of yourself on that day you totally deserve it for sure well the last truly life-changing discovery on my list that we did not share on the show is really deeply connected rebecca to what you were just talking about it's connected to our cycles and to our fertility so when my oldest child, Daisy, was born, um, when she was, I don't know, I guess it was when I went in for my six-week appointment, talked to my doctor about um, birth control. I had been on the birth control pill for years. We didn't start a family until we'd been married for probably, I don't know, six years, I guess. And um, so we were talking about birth control. Since I was breastfeeding, she put me on the kind of birth control called the mini pill. I did not respond well to it. It was not a good fit for my body chemistry. Frankly, it made me a crazy brain. I just was over the top emotional. It just made me feel crazy. And I knew it wasn't a good solution. And other birth control methods that we had tried way early in our in our marriage, like condoms and um, other things like that. I just, uh, I didn't want to go back to that. So I just started doing some research, came across Tony Weschler's um, really amazing, huge, thick reference book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Um, I read through it. It's not, it's, it really is kind of a reference book. It's not one that you sit down and read cover to cover, but I dug through it and kind of figured out the information I needed. And we began practicing then, now, you know, over 12 years ago, what she calls fertility awareness method. Now, some people call this natural family planning. It can go by a variety of different names. There's lots of different methods of practicing fertility awareness method um, with variations depending on how you check your body's symptoms for ovulation each month. There's different approaches to it. I just do a very simplified version of it (laughs) in that each month, um, I just note when my ovulation symptoms are are becoming more and more um, indicative that I'm about to ovulate, and we have simply avoid intercourse during those uh, during those days out of the month. So when I very first started practicing fertility awareness method, and really probably for the first two years, um, I diligently checked. There's a couple of different indicators of. Uh, impending ovulation, one being your cervical uh, mucus that you get, your discharge that you have as you approach ovulation each month, and the other is your cervical position. And so when I was learning it, I would chart and, oh, and also your, uh, your body temperature each morning. That's another big one. I would chart and I really took the time I only had one child then, so, and then she was a baby, and it was like a brand new thing that I was discovering, so I was really passionate about it. I really took the time to chart out my temperature, cervical position, and cervical mucus every month, continued to do that until um, I got pregnant with AJ a couple of years, or like a year and a half later, or was it two years? Anyway, until I got pregnant with AJ, and when we were ready to get pregnant with AJ, um, because I knew when ovulation was happening, 
we were able to get pregnant with her right away. Now, what we've discovered since then is that we are probably pretty highly fertile people. (laughs) So the times that we've really tried to, like again, when we were ready to get pregnant with the twins, we on the spur of the moment, I was approaching my 35th birthday and, um, it was like a couple of days before my 35th birthday. And I just said to Kyle, like, okay, I'm about to turn 35. If we're ever going to have another one, I think we ought to do it. And I'm ovulating now. So let's try it. So we tried it. And (laughs) and we're so fertile. Not only did we get the one more, we got the two more. (laughs) Wham, bam. Thank you, (laughs) ma'am. And so, um, so yeah, so avoiding during ovulation is, again, it's a matter of lots of personal preference and practice on how that works, but um, but yeah, it's worked really well for 12 years, and I can't imagine um, how this part of my life, this rhythm in my life would work without um, fertility awareness. So, okay, so I don't chart anymore, but I do use the Kendara app, or Kendara, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But I really love that app because if I were going to try to get pregnant again, it has a place where you can, it charts for you. You put in your temperature, you put in your um, cervical position, your, uh, you describe your discharge. It gives you a couple of different choices and it basically tells you like, okay, you're going to ovulate and kind of helps you know that that's happening. So, so, yeah. so are you still taking your temperature every morning? I don't. Here's the tricky thing about the way my body works now is because I've it, I don't know if it's because of this. I've had three C-sections, and this actually started after my second C-section. When I ovulate, I have a very specific cramping sensation, like when it's happening. And so between monitoring my cervical mucus and then noticing when I get that cramping feeling from ovulating, I really, I don't take temperatures anymore. I don't check my cervical position anymore. And again, I've been doing this for over a decade. So I just think that for me personally, I'm not saying that's all you have to do to (laughs) practice fertility awareness. I would never say that. For me personally, I've been doing it so long and I know my body's symptoms and rhythms so well that I kind of do it the lazy way now, essentially is what I'm saying. But not having really interesting. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say not having um, hormonal birth control to keep up with has been um, a relief for me again as as an essentially lazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, uh, my libido has been much improved compared to our early years of marriage. You would think as a newlywed that you would have such high libido. I didn't. And I do think that for me personally in my system, um, it was it really... um, kind of kept my libido suppressed. Um, and that is certainly not the case now. So it's been an improvement in our sex life. I know a lot of people are like, but aren't you terrified you're going to get pregnant? (laughs) Well, yeah. Aren't you terrified you're going to get pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I am truly terrified that I'm going to. It's something I think about. And I definitely, I mean, again, I just, I know the rhythms and, and, looking at using the app and looking at when I'm in that ovulation window has made me, um, I'm obviously much more aware of it at the ovulation window so that I can know when we need to avoid or do something that is not penis to vagina intercourse. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It keeps us in constant communication 
Kyle is probably more looped in on where I am in my cycles than the average husband. It doesn't bother him. It's just part, it's just like a part of our normal life, married life. And so, well, yeah. So when we're in that window. As it should be. Yeah. Because you're not the only one who is going to be pregnant. Like it's like a joint effort. Like you, it's a joint it's effort. It's not something that you did. It's a joint effort. So I feel like that's something that I don't like about um, hormonal birth control is that it feels like all that pressure is on the woman. Mm-hmm. All that pressure was on me to take the pill. If I forget, right. mm, well, then mm, I mess up. But this is definitely, it's a burden that is shared. I like that about it. Yeah. I mean, fertility is something that we both have. We both possess. Both my husband and I are fertile people. And so it is something that we, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's something we communicate about because of that. And, um, yeah, it's a joint effort for sure. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but yeah, it definitely is. I think this is all fascinating. I, I used to be on hormonal birth control and I have discovered that it gives me migraines. So, um, I went off of it and we did, um, natural family planning between Noah and Isaac Uh and, um, you know, that went well, but now that I have had Isaac, I, uh, I'm kind of a little bit at a loss. I'm not sure. I, I like the idea of there being something bigger than me, um, that is helping to prevent pregnancy. I feel like. There's a lot of room for like user error (laughs) in terms of natural family planning that I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm just afraid I'm going to mess it up. And um, I also have had some, some variations in my cycle that it's not quite as cut and dry. I'm not seeing like, like you have that indicator of the cramping and Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're pretty regular. Um, I'm not having that as much. And so it makes me nervous. Um, my cycle hasn't returned yet, um, since Isaac's birth. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Yes. Um, but I, you know, I'm just really grateful for those women who are out there who are like yourself, who are willing to say, hey, this is an alternative. This is something that's working. This is why it's working. And this is how it has positively impacted my life. Because I, I feel like as women, we need to talk about this more than just be like, yeah, just throw a patch on, just like pop a pill. Like there's, there's other options. And I think it's important for us to know what those options are. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that just knowing, to me, just reading, taking charge of your f- fertility was so important because I didn't really ever understand before how our fertility works. And so even if I decided for whatever reason to not practice this anymore, I would still feel so good about having that knowledge. And it's knowledge that's really important to me that my daughters understand as well as they enter into the fertile stage of their lives. Um, so, I mean, this is definitely not the option that is going to be workable for every person, of course, because all of our life circumstances are different. And um, even for me, you know, you were talking about how your cycle is uneven right now. Of course, during the time after a a child is born and when you're nursing, cycles are crazy and completely unpredictable. And that makes it challenging. Also, I recognize that I'm turning 40 and that in the next decade, there's going to be some irregularities in my cycle as I move towards menopause, genuinely. Um, so it may very well be that now that I'm turning 40, I'm going to have to, um, start actually charting again. 
<laughs> and being more mindful so we don't have that uh, unplanned late in life baby. Sometimes late in life babies come along and they're a wonderful blessing, but we're definitely still trying to avoid. So it may just be that I need to get a little bit more serious about my charting practices for this. So now everybody who's listening is going to um, hate me if I do not ask this question. Okay. If you do not want to answer this question, then you will have to edit this out. <laughs> but since you feel like your family is complete, why have you not taken a more permanent move towards um, preventing pregnancy? Why are you continuing the natural family planning? That is a good question. And I don't know where this comes from or why, but neither Kyle or I feel a sense of like peace. That sounds like such a Christian-y thing to say, but he does not have a, a sense of freedom in, for, for himself to have the, the big V, the vasectomy. I don't have that for myself either to do anything permanent. I've looked into, I genuinely, I've researched, I've looked into some different options and I don't even necessarily think it's a fear thing. I just genuinely don't feel like there's a sense of like, oh yes, this is the thing I'm going to do. It'll be totally fine. Um, this has been working well for us. I don't think, I mean, we're definitely trying to avoid, but our life circumstances, not such that like it would be devastating for us if we did get pregnant again. Um, so I think at this point, yeah, we just, we don't really have a sense of freedom to make a permanent choice. We do have a sense of peace about continuing fertility awareness. So that's just kind of the path we stayed on. And that's another thing too, is it, it's another point of communication for us. If that were to change for either of us, it would be a whole conversation to have. And, and we would make some decisions based on that. But it just never really has come up. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me, though. I can resonate with that because I think that Nate and I are also very content with our family size. But I'm not sure I feel ready to take permanent action, which feels strange because I don't... I. I, I'm, I feel like I'm done, but I don't feel like I'm permanently done. <laughs> does that make right. sense? Yes, it totally So does. I'm hoping that by the time that my cycle returns, that maybe Nate and I might come to more of a piece about um, how we're going to, you know, move into something maybe more permanent in preventing pregnancy. Um, otherwise, we're going to have to look at, you know, what our options are since I can't do hormonal birth control anymore. Um yeah, it's just it, it's just kind of a big thing. It's a big it decision. Is. It is. E- yeah, even if you're like, yeah, we're we're done. But something about taking that final step, I don't know. It just is I like, know. oh, it's just big. It, I I like get squeamish thinking about it. I just, which <laughs> I guess is a sign that we're not quite ready to make that move yet, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that we're waiting for another baby. Um, we're just not ready, so that's okay. Yes. Yes. So it is, it's a big part of life. It's a big part of any human being's life truly. And it's one that we don't really talk about very much. So, um, yeah. So thanks for letting me fill you in on this very private part (laughs) of my life. Thank goodness I'm sharing it just with our Patreon supporters. And we do thank you all for your monthly support of the podcast. It yes. means so much to us that you validate our efforts and our community that we have built to contribute uh, your finances to help support us. And we just thank you so much for this. And thank you for 
letting us bear our souls on some of these more personal issues and for um, just the the tender the tender hands in which you hold our confessions. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way. We should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just echo everything that Rebecca said. We're so thankful for your support. Thanks for letting us pop into your podcast feed as well with these little extra episodes that are just for you. So thanks you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all 